0: Oh, lightning round questions, that sounds interesting. Mesdames et messieurs,
1: the greatest festival of our contemporary society, the Olympic Games, is about to begin. This is going to be close.
2: Hello and welcome to Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for Olympics fans. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Allison Brown. Allison, hello. How are you today?
0: Apparently, I am not doing great. How come? Because as you started to do the intro, I I had a moment where I was thinking, where am I? (laughs) What am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) Like I completely and, and some of our listeners may be surprised that this is not how I feel every week. But I felt like, oh, my God, I have no idea what's about to happen. Like, I totally forgot how to do this. I know. It's really weird because th- the pandemic is really starting
2: to mess with my sense of time. And on top of that, for us in the United States, it's a short holiday week. So I really don't know what day it is. I really don't know what's going on. I don't know what's due when. I've been working on this back catalog, so I've done nothing but listen to ourselves all <laughs> week long. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. No,
2: that's okay. And I don't even get to listen to a whole lot. I get to listen to snippets of it. Which
0: is... How many times have you heard me, heard me insult people? Uh, too many to count. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: That's <laughs> okay. It's okay.
0: That's why we edit. <laughs> Very true. It's to keep me out of the clink, let's be honest. That's right. So,
2: Today, because it is a holiday week here in the United States, we are having a lightning round episode, bringing back three former guests with their lightning rounds of questions. This episode is a listener curated one. Thank you to our listeners in our Facebook group who voted for who we get to hear from again. So first up, we have Marnie McBean. Marnie is a multi-medal winning Canadian Olympic rower, and more importantly, she is the uh, Chef de mission for Canada in uh, for Tokyo 2020, and here is her lightning round. Take a listen. Lightning round. All right, lightning round time. Bring. Where are your Olympic medals?
3: There, if I could point to the crap drawer over there in my my kitchen, they're in. Wait, that that drawer right there, that drawer in your kitchen that has everything from a pair of pliers, batteries. Couple of manuals and uh, Olympic medals, as you do. Scotch tape and Olympic medals, yeah.
0: Like here, here oh, just look in the coupon draw. That's where <laughs> Marty's medals are. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What is your first memory of the Olympics uh, when you were a kid?
3: <sighs> first memory. Um, I don't know. Like, I suppose that's funny. I don't think I've been asked that question before, and I've been asked a lot of questions. So, ring yes? the bell. ring the bell um I remember watching a lot of 80 like I talk about a a memory from I watch I remember watching a lot of the 84 Olympics Mm um I don't remember 84 80 no I don't remember 80 76 I don't remember like I know I watched the 76 Olympics and Nadia Komenich but it's like doesn't really I was like oh that's like not totally in there so like the ones I really connected to were probably um 84 and then even 88 uh, you know mm-hmm. like Liz Manley and and oh, yeah. the skating and my mom's a huge fan of the skating so so
2: is is 1980 kind of a black hole for you we talk about that we were kids in 1980 but it's kind of a black hole because of the boycott for sure and and it, it's just kind of interesting to have that no not very little knowledge of what happened at Moscow versus what what, uh, what we could have
3: yeah. No. And, and it's, yeah, none, zero, nothing from 80. Right. So, so 76 are like, it was going to be like Nadia Komen each and uh, some of the swimming like Mark Spitz mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah. that. That's his, that's his games, right? Yeah, 72 is um, uh, his games
2: when he, okay. he was around. Yeah.
3: yeah um, 76 yeah.
2: was more East German doping.
3: Yeah. Uh, for us, that's Elaine Tanner being like, Oh, show,
2: yeah. Oh, that's right. Cheaters. Because we we talked about that. We read a book about uh, Shirley Babishoff. So Elaine would have gotten the gold medal. And that was yeah. infamously the the host city did not win any
0: gold medals that year.
3: Oh, yeah, we're good. We did it twice. We're good. <laughs> we didn't win any in Calgary either. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's why that's why Vancouver was so important for us. Man, when Oh, oh here's one who was the first Canadian to win on home soil. Do you know that one? After three Olympics, we finally had somebody who was the 1st not not
2: Yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's like long. I'm trying
0: to I'm trying to go through my head like which is the earliest sports.
3: Okay, I'll give you the sport. Because... Do you want that one? Oh,
0: well, that doesn't mogul. mean I'll know this. Moguls. Alex oh, I Bilito. I was gonna say I don't know the old yeah. mogul skier, the old yeah,
3: mogul yeah. skiers, but like you know, from ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was Alex Billido. He was the
0: okay.
3: uh, the first Canadian to win on home. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow. Wow. Big... Yeah. That's a huge. Yeah,
2: understatement. Yeah. I can imagine what it's like to go from maybe not much attention to the, all of the nation is focusing on you.
3: Yeah. Well, that's, that's why we Canada came up with the, when they won Vancouver, they came up with the own the podium um, program yeah. because uh, they realized that no matter how great the games were, because both, both Montreal and Calgary were assailed as being great games but because Canada didn't win a gold medal at them, it was really hard to convince Canadians that it was worth it. So they, they knew they had to create, at the same time as they developed the, uh, the games, uh, Canada had to also develop a better high-performance sports system.
2: Are you sorry that, Canada, that Calgary had dropped out of the 2026? Oh,
3: yes. It's, it's so sad. It's so sad. And, and right now there's um, venues that the, the Olympic Oval is at risk of being mothballed. Um, oh yeah cuz the
2: sliding center is pretty much they had to yeah. close that down. Yeah. which is really really sad. And I've heard that Olympic Oval is very nice.
3: Yeah. And the, the the Calgary track was, you know, it was a great place for the athletes to train and it was a really great environment for them to be home. Whistler Whistler's amazing and it's a much more technical track, but it's also a, a harder city to um live in and raise a family and stuff like that.
2: All right. When you competed, what was your favorite <laughs> this is training? A great
3: I'm so yeah. <laughs>
2: I know, like, I know, it's super fast. We say lightning
3: round, but, you know, we're like the rolling thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm coming in like sheet lightning. It's coming everywhere.
2: <laughs> okay, when you competed, what was your favorite training exercise?
3: Drills. Yeah, I guess drills. Is that what you mean? Like.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of what drills? Yeah, Catholic, always like hearing?
3: Well, Kathleen and I wanted to, the way we wanted to win was by being better than everybody, right? We just, we just... We actually didn't think about winning as much as we thought about rowing better than everyone and so we had a really great shared mentality as much as i'm an extrovert and she's an introvert uh, we totally connected on how we wanted to make the boat move and our attention to detail so we loved drills uh and one of our our favorite drills uh was maybe you know it's, it's hard to explain if you don't row but so if you know if you're riding a bike if you're going very slowly. Balance gets harder and harder and harder and harder. Mm -hmm. The slower you go, balance. It's the same in rowing. And so we liked to go at a very slow um, cadence. So instead of rowing maybe like at a, a paddle. You can go easily for an hour at 24 strokes per minute. We would race at 36 to 40 strokes per minute. We would bring it down to under 10 strokes per minute, which is so slow, wow. and the boat would be crawling. And then we would uh, take our blade and instead of turning it, which is called feathering it, so it's as far off the water as possible, we would leave it on the square. So we would go low rate. Square blade rowing, and then see um, how many strokes we could get where we would go. What we'd call tickless, so we don't hit the water. And particularly when you're rowing in the pair, uh, so that's two people with one or each. Uh, this is really difficult. So if you picture a tightrope walker going along a tightrope, and they're ca- carrying that long bar, right? So they're using the bar to balance, and they have one bar, and they've got their two hands on it, and they can adjust the left side and the right side, and they've got full control. Now, rowing a pair is like doing that, only you only get to hold half the bar and you're tied at the waist to the other person. So I'm holding half the bar for balance and Kathleen's holding the other bar. Like, so I'm out the starboard side and she's out the port side and balance is done. I can only control 50% of the balance and we have to do this together. So s- low rate, slow, square blade, tickless rowing in a pair is about as hard as it comes and uh, we went once for about 2k so that that took us about it easily took us 10 minutes um and i think we ticked the whole time like maybe three or four times uh and that was like a high like that that, that was the row where we finished and we're like um i think we can win the world championships this year that was pretty good um and we were our, our we were mentally fried for the rest of the day after that 10 minutes i can imagine
2: i can imagine okay. so we actually that, we we uh, went rowing with the 2016 gold medalist last year so we know a little bit what you're talking about yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we so have yeah. been in the boat and just Which kind of we, boat? Uh, uh we, we were in a tubby an eight or no no a two a two but it was okay. it was it was definitely a tubby boat
0: yeah okay. and trying just getting in and out when you're talking about the balance yeah yeah i almost made it into the charles river head
3: first. Oh. Nice.
0: Yeah. I would want to go in the Charles, but you know, (laughs)
3: nice place to row.
0: I think the only thing that saved me is I'm only about five feet tall and I'm very flexible. So I sort of kind of slid and crawled into the boat.
3: And still I almost knocked the thing over. So I, it was I, I think that's how I get in the boat now. Not quite as <laughs> I, I now and I try and get in the boat, I'm like, how did I do that? I used to do like to my single, which you sit on and not in. I used to put one foot in and then shove it off and then I would like sit down when the boat was on the water. It was like like I was like, How did I do that? I don't even know how I did stuff that I did then. Anyways. Okay, um, got two
2: more questions. Yeah, two, yeah, I know. Uh <laughs> what Olympic sport would you do or coach other than rowing?
3: I suppose if I Am I supposed to be good at that sport? No, don't
2: have any sport you want to be able to do. Uh,
3: well, I would have, if if I was supposed to be good at it, I think it would have been either long track speed skating or I think road cycling. I'm still too. I'd have to change my body a lot. I'm too. I'm too big for that. Um, Not for speed skating, though. No, for speed skating, I'm kind of shaped perfectly but i'm i'm too heavy cuz on for road cycling i am i'm too slow going up hills i'd have to drop some of my fried chicken habits um i don't know they all look great uh which rugby looks pretty fun um but i know nothing about it so i'm not going to coach that but man does that look there's so many sports that look so fun <sighs> Yeah, I, I suppose if it's not my sport, maybe rugby. I'd have to, but I'd, yeah, maybe rugby.
2: Okay. And then what is your favorite? I'd like fav- to be coached.
3: Oh. I'd, be, I'd probably be terrible at it, though, because I, I, I don't have any agility or I'm not particularly quick. Rowing was my sport. Yeah.
2: So, and finally, what is your favorite Olympic
0: souvenir? You've Which been is to hard when Olymp- you've been to 10. I was going to so say, you've been
2: to 10. I know 10, it's hard.
0: You've probably, are you a saver? To begin with, I was, and
3: then I got married. Um, <laughs> um, wait, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all my cool stuff had to go. Um, I like, I, I definitely have like, like, parts of uniforms from different games and coffee cups from different games. Um, I guess it's not an Olympic souvenir. I have, I still have the beer glass from my. uh, first world championships that we raced in and that was like yeah you know it's it's kind of things that represent experiences to me (laughs) there i i have uh like a beer glass from bled yeah i have a beer glass from bled and i have really great um beer like it's a ceramic beer stein from a, a world cup in in paris um, that's the French athletes took me to uh, some coffee cups, I guess. Um, medals are always good. When I was part of the Toronto Olympic bid, we did uh, those like Russian dolls, and uh-huh. they're all the games uh, that. So Toronto clearly lost its Olympic bid, but the, um, the vote for it was being held in Moscow in 2001. And, uh, we did these Olympic dolls and it went from the 1980 Olympics in Moscow through to, uh, that year. So all inside each doll is progressive different games and they're all hand painted. Uh, so, and my daughter loves playing with that now. So I have like some weird shit around and, 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 and I've the really ugly, um, opening ceremony. If, if you want to pull up something like horrendous. Uh, Google uh, Canada at the opening ceremony in Barcelona. I have that outfit. I actually put it on for a presentation last week. It's, <laughs> it's really, really horrendous. Oh my yeah, sort of the, 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 the medals aren't bad either. Yeah. yeah. The the
0: late eighties, the you know, Seoul, Barcelona, You're Atlanta. Up for there there are some scary outfits wow. from those days.
3: Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. Oh, Well, Marnie, thank you so much for your time and uh, insight. Thank you so much, Marnie. You can follow Marnie on Twitter at Marnie McBee. On Insta, she's Marnie McTwo. That's the number two. And her website is MarnieMcBean.ca.
0: Okay, I did want to, when I was listening back to it, first of all, Marnie was so much fun. I forgot how much fun we had with her. Actually, all three of the lightning oh, rounds we did today. I forgot how much fun those three particular interviews were. But she asked us a trivia question, which we used to do. We used to ask Mm -hmm. each other trivia questions. And I didn't answer the trivia question because what I would have guessed was Virtue and Moyer. Oh, and that's not that. Ice Dancing was never the first one. I know. And I knew that wasn't right. But more importantly, in that moment, I couldn't remember their names you know that when you can where the oh, name I is know something. that,
2: the patrons oh, you know. know
0: that because they know my big goof. Right. And I kept thinking of like every possible twosome you could think. You know, I was like Burton and Ernie and <laughs> Laurel and Hardy <laughs> and like every pair except Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer. I could not get their names. And I'm like, I am going to make the biggest goof and insult all of Canada, which I absolutely do not want to do. I I want to be able to go back to Canada. I love traveling in Canada. So I sort of stalled. So if it sounds like I was stalling for time, I totally was because I was trying to remember. I know.
2: And, And then I felt bad. And I knew it was one of those snowboarder sports. I just didn't know who or what. And I think if we were Canadian, we would have been able to get that. Because do you know remember right who won that. the US's first medal at Pyeongchang? No, was it at Burton Ernie? No, it was Red Gerard. Remember the the little kid, Red?
0: Oh, that's right. But you know, I'm so bad with names. That's true. That's true. I only I, you know how I get that reinforced is because he grew up right around and he where was I lived. Seventeen. Now. He was another one of those seventeen year old little babies.
2: I know. We have to talk about this 1992 Barcelona uniform. Uh, Marnie mentioned the very classy. Canadian opening ceremonies uniform for Barcelona. And Allison, I know you have said before how much
0: you love when they look dated. And baby, does this look dated? Oh. I mean, you could practically put the month on this one. You could. And, you know,
2: I had a shirt in a similar pattern. You know, We've it's all it's had very a shirt that looked like this. Yeah, it's very patterned. This one is uh, very teal and that bright pink. And yellow and it's it's kind of a tribal feel to it and then they pair it with a yellow shirt and you know that these shorts they they're high-waisted and they're probably down to their knees or something like that they're probably big i think it might
0: have been a skirt.
2: oh that would have been even better they're wearing like wide-brimmed hats but like the kicker is the precursor to the canadian mittens that are oh so popular every year in the winter these are like felt maple leaf Hand coverings?
0: I don't even know what they are. Like, were they supposed to be, you know, Madonna-like fingerless gloves? Were they, like, no, they're the, the fa- maple leaf. They're the maple leaf. No, no, no. I know, but I meant what was the design aesthetic? Like, were they thinking of the baby mittens to keep the kids from scratching their faces? Like, <laughs> what was the inspiration for that? Was it a hand puppet? <laughs>
2: I don't know. Marnie, get back at us.
0: Who 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 was the designer, and what was his design inspiration for the aesthetic of that?:
2: I don't know, but somebody thought Canadians should wear gloves, and I do wonder if the actual mittens with the maple leaves on them evolved out of this look, but it's it is it is one for the ages. It's a look. Well, post it in the show notes, and uh, you can have a look for yourself. <laughs> There's not enough bleach to unsee that
4: <laughs> and watch it from your eyes once you have seen
2: it. Let's move on to our next guest. That would be beach volleyball athlete Kelly Clace. She is still a hopeful paired up with Sarah Sponsel and she talked with us uh, again back before the turn of the year uh, about uh, her sport and also her Lightning Round talks about some of her hobbies. Take a listen.
0: Lightning Round.
2: Okay. Lightning round. What is your first memory of the Olympics?
4: Oh gosh. Oh, I don't remember how old I was. Probably watching um I love watching all the swimming events, gymnastics, beach volleyball, indoor volleyball mostly. I watch a handful of other things, but I feel like those are the ones I kind of started with. In my living room with my parents. Gosh, I was pretty young. And I, I felt like I knew at a very young age. Uh, I wanted to play something, a a sport. I wanted to be a professional athlete, like maybe at five or six, like I knew. I was like, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And once I like watched that, I was like, this, like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to do when I grow up. And it's crazy. Like, think back on that and like, see where I'm at now. And like, I'm right there, I'm knocking at the door. And it's just, it's crazy to like, see my path and you know, how I've gotten here.
0: Yeah, it's exciting.
2: And aside, do you know Karch Karai?
4: I love Karsh Karai. I was
0: gonna I'm say Karsh Karai is your hero. I read that.
2: Oh, I did, did not read hear? that because like I remember one of the first Olympics I remember with it was '84 uh, when he was playing. So I dearly remember him in my heart. Oh, He's
4: amazing. Yeah.
2: Question two: What is your best cosplay costume?
4: Oh, that would be. Gosh, do
0: you want to see a picture? Yeah. Yeah. My
4: best friend and I just went to Comic-Con, and have you... Do you guys know the Teen Titans?
0: I I don't. I'm sorry. I need my niece here for this. She is big into anime and cosplay. (gasps) Is that you?
4: That's me. Wow, that is cool. So I went as Raven, and she went as Starfire. So this is the two of us. Her whole body was orange, and I was, like, gray.
0: Yeah, was that hair blue or black?
4: Mine is like purple. Hers is red. How long did that take to put together? Um,
2: a little while.
4: <laughs> Probably. I am not. I am not a professional cosplayer. I follow professional cosplayers because they do incredible things. I am not one of them. I am very amateur, but I love it. I don't know. I took like we we did bits and pieces of it over the span of like three weeks, and then like she, she was soup. She's in grad school right now. And she didn't finish her whole costume, so, like, we, she was, like, sewing on her um, belt in the car as we are driving <laughs> to Comic-Con. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, okay, I'm going to drive really steady. She's like, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. But, yeah, that's what um, my best friend and I do together. And then last year, we have you guys, um, here, I have to pull up that one, too, because I was... That was probably
0: my second favorite favorite one. Um, where are you? Where are you? I'm amazed with the body makeup. I know. it. So she... Oh, here we go.
4: Have you guys ever watched Kim Possible?
0: Yes, yes. that I do know.
4: Okay. Did you watch the movie at the very end of the series? No. <sighs> Gosh, I know. We gotta put it on our list.
2: Guys.
4: Okay. Anyways, so you know, you know Shigo... From the series? okay. Yes. My best friend went as Shigo, and I went as Kim, but I wore her white, like, power suit from the very end of the series.
0: Something that's Because oh. she didn't need a wig for it. Nope.
4: <laughs> very nice. So, she, this was our first time doing, like, body paint kind of stuff, so her face was, like, green, and, like, the brand that we got, like, just, like, cracked all over, so we tried a few different kinds, so that when we went this year we had the good stuff and no crackage and like we both were like I had so much I, I had a cropped purple wig like what that is not anything I go around with but it was so fun like getting to be someone else for a day and like I feel like going to those events it's always fun to like see other people's costumes and like other people always ask like oh my god like you look awesome like how'd you do a b and c so like I just love going to that community because I feel like I feel like very at home in that community, like, because I love all of those things.
2: (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, What is your favorite training exercise?
4: Training exercise? Oh, we can do, let's do a warm up game. That's volleyball related. So if my partner and I are training against another team, we'll play a game called Volus, which is like tennis but volleyball, uh, where you get one contact to hit the ball back over the net. But then, like, my partner and I will switch. So, like, Sarah will be on the court, serve it. The other team will have to pass it over with one contact. Sarah's still on the court by herself, has to get the ball back over. And then I will come on the court. And it's just back and forth, one contact, back and forth, back and forth. And it's a fun warm-up game because, you know, you're one person now covering the entire court. It's pretty fun. And it's a good warm-up game. You get to run around like crazy.
0: (laughs) So this this is my favorite question. What other sport would you compete in besides volleyball oh my gosh doesn't have to be something you'd actually be good at as Just well your dream your dream for your other sport i mean if i
4: wasn't playing beach i feel like i'd play be playing indoor and setting okay no not no. allowed no, oh true. my gosh that's another sport okay okay i'd pick like a win it doesn't have to be one i'm like actually good at no no, no. anything you if you could be an oh. olympian in anything okay 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 i'm there i'm there Um, it would probably be like snowboarding or something like a winter, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that would be, that would be epic. Oh my gosh. Do you snowboard now at all or ski? I've gone like, I've gone snowboarding twice and I'm like super good at it. So I'm like, not that good. (laughs) Um, but it's really fun, but I'm like. In the back of my mind, I'm like, "Don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt." Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. So, I'm a little hesitant just because I'm like, "Well, if I break my leg doing this, is it was it really worth it?" And that's a no. So I'm right. Tentative. Go Well,
2: when when you're when you're 50 and retired from volleyball.
4: Yep. Yeah, then I could the- break
2: my leg. Who cares? There, there you go. There you go. And finally, what is your the the best souvenir you've gotten from competition? Or an Olympic souvenir if you happen to have an Olympic souvenir.
4: No, I don't have any of those. I'm not that cool. I'm trying to think of a cool one because I've gotten like a handful of things at different events, but they're all like little knickknacks. It's not that cool. I have a signed ball from Karch Krai, but like. Oh, see, that's cool. Which my very first beach coach gave me and he handed it to me. I was like 12 or 13. And I didn't know a lot of a lot about volleyball at the time. I didn't know about any of the greats. I didn't know I didn't know anything. I was just out there playing sometimes, having a great time. And he took me to breakfast. Um, his name was Bill Lovelace. He passed away a few years ago. Amazing guy. He took me out to breakfast, and he was telling me about the history of the sport. And I'm just, just sitting there, like, okay, like tell me whatever you want to tell me. And he hands me this ball, and he's like, read it. And I'm like, Dreaming Golds. And then there was a signature, and I'm like, I can't read the signature. Like, I don't know who this is. And he said, Karch Karai. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And he, like, puts his hands in his face. (laughs) It's like, take this ball, go home and look it up. And I went home, looked it up. Like, I read for hours. And, like, at that point, I was like, dude, this guy. like, Like, my role model, my, like, idol, like... I watched so much like after he had like introduced me to him and like, I still have the ball, like in my room and it was like a really cool moment for me.
1: Very
2: cool.
4: cool. That is a very cool one. Yeah. But he was just like, Oh my gosh, you don't know. Like, don't be mad at me. I'm just a little girl. (laughs) Uh, Oh, great.
2: Kelly. Well, thank you so much for all of your time Thank you so much Kelly. You can uh, check her website out at uh, kellyclace.us and on Twitter and Insta she is at kellyclace3 and that's the number 3 and clace is c l a e s.
0: That's a lot of body makeup. It she is, is a lot. Cuz she was a very tall girl. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun when they have hobbies. I know. She was so much fun. I forgot how much fun we had with her. It was very cute and very sweet.
2: (laughs) She was just like, come on. You know these cartoons, right?
0: And I know. And then she brought up Kim Possible. But I was the mom watching Kim Possible with my child. I didn't watch it as a child like she did. So I was like, oh, wow. This is embarrassing.
2: Hey. But sweet. It was very sweet. And I really loved having Kelly on. So uh, I'm going to put her in my pocket. I know. I'm very hopeful. Of course.
0: That would be have to be a very large pocket, taller than me, but that's not the point. She might be able to fit in one of those
2: Maple Leaf gloves. She would
0: love those. She would cosplay as a Maple Leaf. Kelly, we got yeah. your next outfit for you. I am here for that. Cat Maple Leaf to the rescue. You know, when you think about it, all our interviews today mentioned some interesting outfits.
2: Yeah, that's true. Let's get on to our next one to hear what uh, he had to say. Our final guest today is Carlos Groman. You'll remember Carlos is a correspondent for Reuters. He's based in Athens and Berlin and covers the Olympics, the IOC, and politics in sports. Take a listen. Lightning round. What is your first memory of the Olympics?
1: Nadia Comaneci, 1976.
3: Me too.
1: (laughs) 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 Yes, I mean, amazing. Yes. So that's the first, uh, yeah. I mean, I, black and white television, small screen, and she was doing amazing things. So, yeah, got hooked on that.
2: Okay. How did you get your beat to cover the Olympics? Did you, is that something you looked for, or did that just happen? Uh,
1: uh, I was general news and politics correspondent, uh, uh, foreign correspondent in, in Athens, shortly after the Games were awarded to Greece. So I covered the run-up. To the Athens Olympics from a general news politics standpoint, so basically what Greece was doing to prepare for the Games and all the problems that were associated with them. And then I took over the IOC beat in 2005.
2: If you could go to an Olympics as an athlete, what sport would you do?
1: If I could go to the Olympics as an athlete, what sport would I go with? Oh, I think it, it has to be tennis. You used to be a junior tennis player so i would i would play tennis
2: oh nice nice
1: yeah, what yeah. has
2: been your favorite olympic experience
1: i would first first i would say from a sort of personal perspective i would say i enjoyed athens a lot for for a number of reasons i had done the run up to the games so so the games were something that i was very very familiar with when they came round secondly they were in my home country so paid more attention to them at the time obviously but uh, from a not so emotional perspective i would uh, i think i would find in most olympic games parts that that were unique you know i, I don't I, I have some some memories from past olympics that may have not have had such an impact as for example the beijing games or you know some other maybe London even, you know, but, but had some really, really good moments. I enjoyed Vancouver a lot, I must say. They were very, very relaxed games, despite the problems with, with the weather and, and uh, melting snow and the death of the Georgian Lugia right at the start of the Olympics. So um, obviously the footsteps, the fireworks in, in Beijing in the opening ceremony that mm-hmm these fireworks footsteps that spread across the city that were sort of blasted for being uh, computer-generated animation but still looked visually stunning when you saw them. So, yeah, uh, London had a lot of enthusiasm. Everything sold out. Uh, A lot of crowds, big crowds, big crowds really enjoyed their sport. That was also good to, to see, obviously, yeah. So, yeah, and then there are the sports moments, which are completely different, so... And I may be forgetting things here.
0: Well, you've been to, how many Olympics have you been to at this point? Nine, nine,
1: Mm. four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18. Yeah.
0: You're allowed to forget then.
1: No, no, no. I mean, I I may be forgetting, you know, I mean, Beijing was so big. It was so monumental in size when you approached bird's nest for the first time, for example. It was just. What was it called? The Aqua Cube? The Cube?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: The swimming center. It was just, I mean, you saw these venues and you, you know, they were just so big and so new, and, and the crowds and, and the city was just a, a very, very, very big event. You know, London, for example, was far more concentrated. Still in a big city, but you didn't have that feeling of massive. uh, And the budgets were obviously different. We never really found out exactly what the overall direct and indirect Olympics budget was. But at the time, the figure that was put out was around 40 billion, which was around two and a half times what, what London had paid. So you know, that, that was something that you were, you know, you will have to wait a few years until you see if you see something as big as that again, you know, because it was the, the last of the gigantic games.
2: And aside, when you're at the Olympics, do you have specific sports you cover or are you nosing around looking for stories or what is your beat when you're there? Well, my,
1: mm, mm, yeah, well, yeah that's, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a good question to ask because a lot of colleagues ask me that. Why are you here? <laughs> Yeah. It, it's because, it's because, yeah, it's because I'm not, I, I don't necessarily cover a sport throughout. I mean, there have been cases where I have covered sports like speed skating in, in Turin or figure skating in, for a few days in uh, what was 2014, Sochi. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'll, I'll go and help out with sports when needed. Um, but my main beat is what comes out of the IOC, involving organization, doping, suspensions, political issues. Uh, you know, South, South Korea in 2018 had a bunch of stories related to the North, politically linked visits or discussions. So I, I, cover, I cover that aspect of it. And then obviously I'll, I'll help out with sports. So I cover whatever comes out of the IOC and spills over to, to organizers. I mean, you can have, it can be as, uh, you know, it can be the, the, the Patrick Hickey arrest in, over the Irish ticket scandal and who is an IOC member in, in Rio, or it can be, um, you know, massive doping cases in uh, <laughs> pick your games. <laughs> um, so, Yeah. So it can, it, can, it can be anything. It can be, uh, uh, you know, a biathlon doping case uh, involving Austrian skiers or, or the Nordic team in, in uh, Turin, for example, 2006 with a doping scandal and, and the coach fleeing over the border uh, and the athletes jumping out of the windows and when they were raided by Italian police. So it can be something like that, or it can be, you know, it can be anything involving weather issues, crowd problems, uh, budget issues of, you know, anything
2: Interesting. Finally, what is your favorite Olympic souvenir?
1: Uh, my favorite Olympic souvenir must be a Beijing 2008 track suit and jacket, so a full set for my one-year-old daughter at the time so it was for a two-year-old who could walk, but it was this amazing red Beijing games track suits similar to the to what the gymnasts wear really really nice really really funny when you put that on a two year old kid <laughs> looks like a professional like a professional gymnast not a professional gymnast <laughs> yeah but it was that, yeah I think that's my favorite suit. yeah, yeah.
0: okay how, how many pictures were taken of this child in this outfit
1: and none none actually none, none. it was prior to smartphone. Uh, technology or right about that time so yeah 2008 yeah just about smartphones being introduced so no not many pictures no
2: oh well carlos thank you so much for spending so much time with us and um, no thank
1: you i uh, uh, appreciate it was good fun
2: yeah thank you so much carlos you can follow carlos on twitter at carlos groman and we will have a link to that in the show notes
0: I got a little too excited about his memory, his first memory being the same one as me.
2: (laughs) Well, it is exciting. You you know, it's a connection. It is.
0: And that's a good moment
2: to remember. I mean, Nadia, you cannot go wrong with that.
0: Exactly. Especially after we, I think at that point we had had many interviews like Kelly, where they were saying things like their first memory was Sydney (laughs) or (laughs) Beijing, (laughs) and I was feeling a little outdated. So I think Carla's just made me feel better. And seriously, I am crushed that there are no photos of that tracksuit. Oh, I know. Can you imagine how adorable that would be? You could sell that picture for almost as much as your maple leaf gloves. (laughs) Well, I think that will wrap
2: it up for this week. If you are an old timer, let us know what your first Olympic memory was. Make us feel good.
0: Email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com. Call our voicemail hotline at 208-FLAME-IT. We're Flame Alive Pod on Twitter and Insta. And Keep the Flame Alive podcast group on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. And
3: until next time, keep the flame alive.
2: We say lightning round, but, you know, we're like the rolling thunder. (laughs)